Are you fascinated yet skeptical about the metaphysical, the mystical, and everything in between? Do you struggle to understand how to stay spiritual in a physical world that's constantly challenging you? What about the thought that you chose to experience this life and the lessons you go through? Well, this just might be the podcast you're looking for. Thank you for tuning in to Intuitive WTF Podcast. I'm Aaron Hart, intuitive reader, energy healer, and past life enthusiast, providing you a place to challenge, question, and maybe even laugh at my perspective and your own about the connection between the human, spiritual, and metaphysical journeys. So let's tune in. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us today. I wanted to discuss a topic that seems to be taboo, but it actually really shouldn't be. Um, so adding a disclaimer here, this conversation is in no way meant to discriminate or disrespect other cultures, ethnicities, or anything else. Rather, we are just speaking from our own truth, uh, and we are just observing things from the perspective um, of our lives. So to, um, or so as a person of color, I did want to discuss the lack of spiritual diversity and mainstream spirituality. We have so many people out there with great backgrounds, um, great cultures, yet we don't really see this diversity when we go out there and really start seeking a lot of the answers um, online or, or in some certain groups um, out there. So to assist in this rather interesting topic, I have my good friend, Dr. Deanna Riddick, to give her opinions uh, on this topic. Uh, Dr. Deanna Riddick is the author of Awakening the Psychic Self. She is a psychic teacher, angelic channel, and host of the popular podcast, Intuitive Awakening. It's within the top 10, folks, so definitely do go check it out. Uh, she focuses on helping her clients unlock their psychic gifts and remembering true spiritual identity, their true spiritual identity, sorry. So thanks, Deanna. Um, I'm happy to have you on today. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for the lovely introduction, and I'm really excited to be here to discuss this very, um, like you said, um, kind of taboo topic, even though it really shouldn't be. So I'm, I'm excited to even pick your brain and get your thoughts from your perspective as well. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, <laughs> this is probably one we can chat about all day long, which we, we tend to do, but we'll limit yes. this one to about an hour. So don't worry, folks, we won't keep you on here too long. Exactly. Um, <laughs> exactly. So, um, one of the things and I know we mentioned this and, and just, you know, I feel like from us, uh, because we we kind of practice our own our own version of things, and we have you know somewhat different backgrounds yet similar. Um, you know, I kind of have somewhat of a Catholic background. You kind of have somewhat of a Christian background, but yet we're kind of not tied to those um, uh, religions, let's say. And so, you know, we were discussing before that we're kind of somewhat unicorns in the spiritual world, as you know, as a person of color coming into kind of you know we're not necessarily into maybe what you know, our historic, you know, ancestry um, or ancestral, you know, spiritual practices might be, but yet we're not fully integrated to what mainstream spirituality might be, right? So um, I guess where, where I'm going with that is, you know, from from your perspective, you know, just from what you've experienced, um, what, why do you think there is maybe such lack of spiritual diversity out there? So I'll, I'll go ahead and let you take it. <laughs> well, it's definitely a complicated question, because if you think about it, um, Aaron, and I, I don't remember exactly when, you know, you and I first met, but um, I know that we met at the bookstore Angel Light in Berkeley, California. And um, I will say what was surprising when I went there, because I went there to start my own, you know, uh, psychic training, if you will, it was 
Berkeley. So of course there's more minorities there, but you're, you know, you're Mexican, I'm Blackskin. <laughs> <laughs> and we had a mutual friend who was from Nicaragua originally. And then our teacher was Filipino. So that was actually surprising. And the reason I say it was surprising is because if you look at the um, the publishing industry, for example, majority of the authors that we read, majority of the creators of tarot and oracle decks are white women, right? Right. So you really, I mean, I personally didn't expect to run into a number of, you know, I, I think a high number of minorities, even though it was just the four of us, even the, the owner of the store is, you know, it's also Chinese. So, that, I mean, it was definitely very um, different, uh, uncommon, if you will. But right, exactly. You know, going back to what I was saying about the publishing industry in particular, it definitely highlights the voices of um, predominantly, I, I will be honest, you know, white women who kind of, um, God forgive me for saying this, but own almost this, the spiritual narrative. Right. And, you know, when you, when you buy your Oracle cards and again, it's nothing personal because I know that you know, at the core of everything, we're all one, we're all just spirit. So race doesn't matter in truth, but it, you know, representation matters here. Right. So, uh, but when we go to buy our books, any literature that you consume, any Oracle decks or tarot decks that you consume nine times out of 10, it is going to be, you know, um, from a white woman's perspective and their understanding of the creator, their, their experiences also in this world right? Because everything that we write, everything that we feel emotionally or that we experience um, does, you know, your, your race does matter here in that sense, because it shapes that, it shapes your perspective. And not everybody can relate to that, especially if you are um, a person of color. So um, it, it's interesting. I don't know, honestly, Aaron. like when I first started out um, and even before I met you and others, yes, I, I consumed this type of um, I consume these books. I consume this knowledge and I trusted, I just trusted that their perspectives that were centered were, you know, the, it was the correct way. I didn't necessarily question it until I started embedding myself more into quote unquote, this industry, if you will, and started wondering, huh, why doesn't anybody else look like me? I mean, you, me, our mutual friend and the teacher, we are anomalies. Right. Exactly. And it, it's super strange too, because like, you know, I, and, and, and I never thought about it. Like I grew up with Sylvia Brown, you know, and, and, mm-hmm. you know, of course she, she kind of went off her rocker a little bit towards the end, it seemed like, and then, you know, also our, our favorite person, um, Miss Virtue. <laughs> so, you know, she, she kind of was the example and then she kind of shifts and that was, and, and I think it was around that time too. And I remember you told me, I didn't know about it, but remember you told me we were on a hike you know, somewhere in Berkeley or Oakland somewhere. And I remember we were literally coming up to this top of this cliff and you mentioned it. And I was just like, really? You know, she kind of all of a sudden um, said, no, all the spiritual stuff is bad. All of this is is evil. Now, you know, let's focus on Christianity and blah, blah, blah. And then she completely converted. And so I'm like, what, what the heck? So I think that was the part where I was like, what, are, what's going on out there? Like, who knows what really happened to her? Because I don't know. Something happened, but um, you know. I have just, comments. I have comments yeah, about. Go that ahead. Later. Comment that. Go ahead. Let's. Well, let's you want me to let's, comment about it now because we're going to yeah. go left field. No, let's <laughs> let's let's go left field. I'm okay with that. And and so for for those of you who you know, um, I actually you know have had many many of these conversations on Deanna's podcast podcast as well. So normally I'm the one who goes off on the tangent. Now it's her turn. So yes. go right ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I'm right. I'm, I take notes. Something that I do during all podcasts because ideas come and I don't want to forget it, but. Just a quick, um, 
I'm going to derail you for just a second. And I hate to describe anybody's character. And that's not my intent with Doreen Virtue because your life is your own and you can make your own decisions. I think what the, where the challenge lies, and I think how it's relatable to our conversation today is the fact that um, if you were to revisit where she is today um, and kind of review like the content that she's creating, it is con- it's a concerning to me as a person of color because um, her narrative is that all cultures, and they all happen to just be brown cultures, indigenous cultures, um, anything that is other than the traditional um, evangelical, you know, Christian Christian culture is of the devil is, you know, demonic. Mm-hmm. And that's very concerning to me because as you're aware, and as we all know, and you and I have spoken about this privately about forced conversion across entire, the entire world, not just the United States, but, you know, how a lot of indigenous cultures were forced to convert to the quote unquote, you know, only God to Christ. Right. And, you know, they were forced to lose their own indigenous beliefs, their traditional practices, their, even their folklore to a certain degree, right? All to um, appease, if you will, the colonizers, right? So all of that happened, you know, because of the colonial or imperial design. These colonizers went in, stripped people of their culture, they stripped people of their beliefs, they stripped them completely, sometimes killed them, of course. And yeah. thus their history was predominantly erased, especially if they were, um, if their traditions were oral traditions. So their stories were lost as well. So everybody, yeah. you know, has been, you know, forced to worship this specific type of um, Christian God. And for somebody like Doreen Virtue, who I did respect a long time ago as a very well-educated woman, I would have assumed she knew better. But unfortunately, you know, with her current content, and that's all I can speak to, and, you know, she's not a guest on the show today. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Like, so I I can't, you know, I don't want to disparage her character, but it is quite concerning to somebody who is, you know, brown, who comes from, you know, um, who is a descendant of slavery, Mm -hmm. whose people, you know, were forced, you know, to convert, who, you know, where I, I don't have that the cultural ties. I didn't grow up with, you know, stories, oral traditions. I know nothing about my culture. I, I, you know, I don't know any of that. However, as you know, there's definitely been an attempt to revitalize um, like African culture or African traditions, all of these traditions that have been stripped, you know, globally, not just African, um, so that people can go back to their roots you know, not necessarily um, subscribe to what the colonizers told us was the only truth. This is the only way. This is how you are supposed to worship God. If not, you're going to hell. And as we know, you know, that was used as a tool to control people and colonize. So um, with Doreen Virtue, sorry if I'm going on a tangent here, but with Doreen Doreen Virtue for her, you know, um, discussing and also making big claims that any culture that is outside of this traditional mainstream, you know, whitewashed Christian God is demonic, is evil. And they all happen to be people of color or indigenous cultures. It's dangerous. It's dangerous. And it contributes to this nationalist narrative that is quite frightening. And we see this kind of um, happening in at least the U.S. today and some other Eastern European countries as well. But 
I'm going on a tangent, Aaron, you're supposed <laughs> to jump in. <laughs> no, go ahead. I, have, I actually have some comments to that. Um, okay, go uh, ahead. Because, yes, because, you know, you're, you're saying, you know, they're, they're forced, they're stripped of their culture. And it just reminds me of, I'm, I'm actually trying, I was, as you were chatting, I was trying to find the name. I forgot what it was called. It was a documentary that I watched probably about six or seven months ago with my mom. And it was just about American history. And, you know, mm-hmm. me growing up in America, you know, I'm very Americanized. And uh, I, I just, you know, didn't really have, much history on on the you know somewhat of the truth of America and honestly I hated history class in school so maybe that's the purpose but it talked to, it talked about you know um, how the Aztecs you know down in like Mexico were fighting the Mayans and you know the whole history down there and the wars between that and then it kind of you know went up to when you know the Spaniards invaded there and then English came up and invaded here and so it was very it was very interesting because they like you said they were forcing the natives to you know follow their God, follow their cultures. And, you know, they like, well, two things they did. So in order for them to, you know, force um, the natives to Native Americans to um, adhere to their cultures and their traditions and all that, they took the children, they stole the children from their parents, they put them in these camps, and they forced them to learn English. And anyone who spoke their native language were beaten. Anyone who, who tried to, you know, do anything that was considered, um, I don't know, considered like, what's the word I'm blanking out on the word here kind of like savage there you go considered considered being a savage you know those those poor children were beaten and abused and so of course you know they're gonna as a kid you you know you're taken away so young from your parents you don't remember them people they actually started to forget their parents sadly and you know they were not returned to them later and and so it was it was very horrific um and so the, the second thing I wanted to point was actually the savage part is you know even chatting with my mom on it and she you know, was saying that, um, cause the natives, first off, they were, they were the ones who welcomed the English. They were the ones who, you know, Thanksgiving, they fed them, they taught them how to cook. They taught them what food was good. They taught them how to, you know, tend to the land and how were they repaid, you know, slavery, they were, you know, killed, they were treated and, and identified as savages. And they, even in, in the media, if you look at shows from, you know, 50, 60 years ago, the, you know, the, the Caucasian settlers were just casually going around and, you know, trying to get across the country. And all of a sudden these mean Indians, um, as they said, or the natives, you know, were the savages. They were the ones who, you know, oh, they're, they're be scared of them. You know, they're going to do this. They're going to kill your kids. They're going to, I don't know, rape and pillage, whatever. But that's, that's pretty much the history of America. It's like anything that is, that is not what, you know, they want them to be all of a sudden here, you know, it's, it's going to be the bad thing. So after watching the documentary, it was a huge realization for me about how naive I am because everything in this country is based off of murder and, and destruction, rape and, and hate, right? So it's, you know, and, it, and this isn't me making it up. It's actually, it's a true fact if you know your history. Exactly. And many people, unfortunately, don't know our history or it's been whitewashed, you know, a revisionist history, if you will. But um, unfortunately, that is a fact, Aaron. So actually, I think all of that was connected perfectly because going on to the spiritual side, um, you know, like you were saying, during Virtue did is, you know, there's there's other cultures out there like that we perceive. And I don't believe they're necessarily bad. Now, with more knowledge that I have, like voodoo, hoodoo, santeria, like other things out there, I don't believe they're like as bad as they make them seem. Yeah, people might do bad shit with them, but people do bad shit with, you know, um, Christianity. People do bad shit with Catholicism. People, you know, it's it's all the same thing. So it's just a different practice that someone has. And let me throw in there, from my opinion, um, Christians and, and Catholics, they do spells. 
They light candles for the dead. They pray. Praying is manifesting. Praying is is putting intention out there. Don't think it's it's any different, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's very it, witchy. Very witchy. <laughs> very, very pagan. Witchy. Very pagan. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So so the fact you know when 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 you walk by and I mean granted I I'm saying it. I do believe in the angels. I believe in in you know certain aspects of religions, you know, because there is a lot of good things from it, but there's also like, as everything has, you know, there's a balance, there's the good, there's the not so good. And then in terms of, you know, with spirituality, it's like, it's all about intention. So, you know, someone thinks that, that um, voodoo is bad. Well, it's like, who do you have working, working the magic? Is it someone that you pissed off that's trying to fuck you over? Or is it someone that's actually trying to help you? Mm -hmm. You know, so it's all everything out there. Energy is energy. It's just how you use the energy, you know, just like, and this is probably not something I should mention, but you know, with guns, they say it's not the gun, it's the person. Well, kind of the same thing with, with our world is that it's, you know, the person behind it and how they're trying to point their weapon, you know? Definitely. And I think, um, just kind of along the lines of what you were saying in terms of like, um, there has been, I, I believe, like a concerted effort ever since this land in the United States was colonized um, by um, the colonizers. There's been an attempt to systematically, and again, I can't find a better word, but demonize, you know, like you said, indigenous people, any people of culture. And this continues on to, I would even say modern day, Aaron, with media yeah. portrayals of practices that are, again, so-called demonic, which happen to be brown people's practices, such as, like you said, Santeria, hoodoo, voodoo, anything that is outside of the, the norms. What we have been indoctrinated into believing, you know, is the way mm-hmm. has been portrayed as demonic. So think about it like this. You see this in horror movies, anything that has to do with hoodoo or yes, with voodoo, um, it's darkness, it's evil, right. it's demonic, it's not Christ-like. Um, so yes, there has been this ongoing effort, but at the same time, as you said, there's light and dark here. At the same time, we have seen over the past, I think five to 10 years, I would like to say, maybe at least five years, where people are reclaiming their culture. People yes. of color are reclaiming their culture, um, getting in touch with their roots, contacting spiritually, their ancestors and bringing forth that knowledge and bringing forth new practices, or at least reintroducing practices that always were, but they were taboo, like root work, right? right? Um, Which was looked at as demonic. So these things are coming back and it it provides you a place in at least, you know, for yourself here, a connection to, you know, understanding your own identity, but also it's just another way of being here, another way of spirituality, of connection to spirit. And I think that that's very important. And so just going back to what we originally were discussing about, God help me, Miss Doreen Virtue. And again, I never want to disparage anybody's character, but I think it is very scary to perpetuate this colonial narrative. It's dangerous. And it has contributed to what I believe is the rise of, you know, Christian nationalism in United States, and I can only speak to the U.S., but I think it's, it's very dangerous, but it's it's unsurprising because this has been an ongoing effort for quite some time, and those are yeah. my two cents today. <laughs> <laughs> that's, no, that's that was perfect, you know, and so I was actually thinking as you were saying that, because you know how they're saying, you know, hoodoo, voodoo, all of that, you know, mm-hmm. whatever, something, it's all bad, and so they're trying to get away from it, and so I, it just popped in my mind, like, you know, 
the reason why they probably deterred people from from it, other than, of course, them wanting to conform to Christianity and the times, is that I'm like, it was probably actually working. They, you know, they definitely believed in it, right? So there, it was, I, it was more out of probably fear that, oh, maybe their gods are more powerful than our gods. Mm. You know, so that like, let's let them lose that magic, lose it, because some of that stuff is super powerful, right? You know, and um, and not to say that certain things in Christianity aren't or or, or Catholicism, but it's also like, you know, people I think when when it comes at least from my experience you know in, in growing up somewhat catholic is that you know you're not taught to like really sit and meditate and connect to yourself you know you have to give yourself up to god and this and that and it's mm-hmm. like and i i just never resonated with that and never felt right to me um you know it wasn't until probably the last few years where you know when, or when i first started getting into the spiritual side which i've always felt drawn towards you know is like where, where someone was like well we're all god right and so i was like okay that makes sense you know all of us have if that's the concept, you know, we all have God within us. So I'm technically a, a fraction of him because he's pretty much from my view, you know, we're all here to learn for this, for the universe, for this bigger, you know, I don't know, bigger party that's going to happen that we know nothing about. I don't know, but you know, we're all kind of connected, right? Cause we essentially we're all, we all are. And so I always, I, I felt like once I heard that concept, okay, that made sense. But, you know, going back, sorry to, 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 you know, the, these cultures though, it's like, I, I was wondering, do you think that maybe they were afraid that, you know, possibly that, you know, voodoo, voodoo, santeria, whatever else. I know there's other ones that are out there that are just blank in my mind right now as we're chatting, but, you know, do you think that that could have been a thing? Cause they were afraid that, oh, they might win, you know, but then the other thing actually to add to that is that most of the times people are more welcoming, you know, a lot of the people on, on the Americas, they're always more welcoming. Even now you kind of, you know, if you go to like a, a Mexican household, they're like, oh yeah, Filipinos are the same way. They will make you gain 10 pounds. But like, you know, <laughs> ethnic cultures, you know, at least from from my background, it's like you come in, oh, you want something to eat? I'll make you something. You want something to drink? Here you go. It's very welcoming. So I could understand how, you know, unfortunately, because of that, you know, um, welcomeness or, or that, that hospitality that they were taught, it kind of worked maybe to their disfavor. I don't know. Mm. I mean, I think that is a potential, but I also really do think that um, to be honest, as, and I, I am homogenizing groups of people here, so forgive me, but I do think from a colonial standpoint, as a colonizer, I would imagine that their end goal was really to, you know, control and take ownership of the land. I don't know how, um, curious or how respectful they were of indigenous beliefs or culture. I don't think they cared at all. And I don't know whether or not there was an actual connection to their way of life or how they um, viewed, um, quote unquote, God, because that term only applies to, you know, Christianity. But I, I don't know, Aaron, maybe, I mean, that is a possibility, but they had an agenda and oh, yeah. they were able to succeed in that to a certain extent, well, to a good extent. But I mean, perhaps that, that, that could be true. But I do think that they didn't care, I mean, at all, because they believed that they were less than, they were, you know, they dehumanized all of these other cultures on purpose. And they made an excuse and they used the Bible also to do so. Yeah. I have my personal opinions on that, but I may, I may save that for another conversation, (laughs) but um, yeah, yeah. No, that, I mean, that, that's all very valid, very valid. Um, so if you wouldn't mind, let's, let's kind of bring it back up to like modern day. Um, Mm -hmm. and, you know, and, and maybe this might be more to our own personal perspectives than our own lives, but, 
you know, one of the things that um, I feel also is in the main, mainstream spiritual world is that it's very woo-woo. Um, and yeah. it's not, doesn't, it doesn't seem like it's, like, it's real, like, you know, and, and that's one of the reasons why, like, I've, you know, we, when we met at, um, Angel Eye Bookstore in Berkeley, you know, we, I think, I think I always, it always was perfect for me because I've always liked diversity. I've never really stuck to like having like a single group of friends that are just a single type of ethnicity or whatever, you know, mm -hmm. but so I, I, I like the, the diversity within it. And so, the other thing I really liked about it is that it wasn't very woo-woo. You know, we were all about this is how reality is, this is life, you know, and some yeah. and, and I feel like that's not really portrayed out in the stream. It's more of a, of a hey, let's, you know, let's all think light and love, everything is great, blah, blah, yeah. blah. It, no, that's that's bullshit. Like it's like yes. let's talk about reality. Life is hard. We're gonna talk about your heartbreak. Why the hell do you keep, you know, fucking up at work? It's not work. Maybe it's you, you know, like you got to confront those and they don't always do that. It's super light and love. So what do you, why do you think that is? Why do you think that's been at least in the history? I don't know. Maybe now it's changing a little bit more. I feel like, especially with the TikToks and, you know, Instagram, Facebook, all, yeah. everything because of how much we can communicate and spread the word with things. I feel like it is becoming more of a reality, but like, what do you, what are your thoughts around all that? I think number one, um, I would like to say that you know, let's call it new age because that's how it's referenced. At least this community is like a new age community. I do. I think it has a bad rap, but for some good reasons. Um, number one, I think that initially it, like you said, it wasn't really grappling with um, modern issues, right? Um, it was very um, outside of what, what you kind of referenced as reality in, in a way that it focused mainly on love and light but it didn't find a way. It didn't know how to ground that into the everyday. And so it was very, there was a disconnection there of having, um, and for some people, not everybody, these very um, high spiritual theoretical concepts, but the, the practitioner themselves didn't know how to apply it to the everyday. Like you said, they couldn't put it within like a corporate context. Like if you work in the corporate world, they couldn't apply it to um, other, like, I don't know, issues in life, like grief, or they couldn't find a way to apply it to um, depression or anything else. It was very separate. And so it was very disconnected. And so it seemed very, I'm trying to find the right, um, unrealistic, mm -hmm. you know? And I think, um, so I understand why there's this kind of like stereotypical belief about it, you know, being disingenuous in a way. Like you said, all love and light, you know, be a fairy, spread your wings, um, eat dirt, all of those things, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. But it was, like you said, I'm a human being, I'm a person of color, I'm struggling to get a good job, or I'm encountering discrimination, or um, I'm seeing that there's environmental injustice, as we see today in Mississippi, where there's no running clean water. Yeah. Like, these are spiritual matters, even though they have been not framed that way in the spiritual community, but they are spiritual matters, um, whether or not we'd like to think of them this way. But also I think we do, um, this community has done itself a disservice primarily because um, some of the ideas I think are not always super helpful. Um, and God help me, I really should not be saying some of these things on here, but um, I think it is great to study um, other realms and um, maybe I shouldn't say this, but I think let's talk, let's go back to Doreen Virtue for one minute here. Go ahead. So I remember when there was a time where she was focusing very much on like, oh, let's, 
you know, let's focus on mermaids. And she put on a mermaid outfit and she was in a pool with a mermaid outfit, like flapping her, her, what are they called? Fins? Yeah. And I, and I thought, (laughs) I said, are you kidding me? She did that. I am not lying. And it was at that point where I started to do some deep internal questioning (laughs) because I thought, how is this helpful? And, And I know this is very judgmental, so forgive me, but it's because of things like that These are reasons why it's not taken so seriously, right? That's why, you know, when people think of like the new age community, those ideas kind of come to mind. Like, oh, let me put my fairy wings on and run in a circle outside and beat a drum, you know, all is well. No, all is actually not really well down here. And if if it was, then what was the need to be here? You know, like you have to be very... um, very realistic. So I think, yes, it, it has a bad rap, but for good reasons at times. But I do think lately there has definitely been a shift because I do think there has been a concerted effort to ground it more into a, to reality. How can it help you in your everyday life? Right. And that's kind of the point, like a being the light. It's like, well, being a light, being the light in everyday life, when you're dealing with an asshole who cut you off in traffic or somebody at work who was super condescending, which I deal with a lot. I'm sure you you don't. I do, but um, well, I may start. There's there's, there's so many folks, <laughs> but I you know, and I I, I will say, but, but, you know, and actually, you know, uh, we'll probably have you back on because I would love to talk talk on corporate culture and spirituality yes. and stuff. But um, yeah, no, I at my old job, I I didn't get that too much, but there was one person just before I left, and oh yeah, that's it's. I was kind of like, excuse me, and I went. I don't go off, but people, I'm super super patient, super nice. I make friends with a lot of people at work because, you know, it, why not, you know, especially yeah. what I do, but this one person, like I had some words with her and she just ignored him. And I was like, well, trust me, you have something coming to you. I don't have to do anything. I can see it. You got something coming to you. And she sure as shit did, but it did take a few months, but, um, I just felt, su- anyway, that's, a, that's my tangent, but, uh, <laughs> but know, no, I yeah, think, yeah, I think seriously though. Yes. I think, um, for some reason, uh, you know, it, like I said, it has a bad rep for good reasons, just because I, I think there was difficulty in applying, you know, some of these, I put quotes around new beliefs, not really new, or new theories or um, new new thoughts to the what we call, you know, and I use this kind of loosely because I could go off on a tangent, but I'm not going to, but to everyday life is a better way of putting it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there has been a lot of difficulty in that, but I will say there has been a shift for the most part, um, because I do think the community has become more inclusive, but um, also with the uh, publication of The Secret, I think that modernized a lot of new age theory, uh, new age beliefs, and made it very accessible to the modern man. So I, I think you know that that was a great transitional point. However, even with that, I mean, there are issues, but um, yeah. I guess that's where I'm at. <laughs> yeah, no, that that makes sense, and it's like, you know, bringing bringing back the secret. Who who wrote the secret? Was it a person of color? It was it was not, but you know what was really <laughs> interesting about um, about this because I kind of did a deep dive on this um, a while back, like where Rhonda Byrne is where you know who author who was author where she yeah. got her ideas ideas from, and a lot of this um, a lot of these ideas have been around for centuries. They're not really new. It's just. I think they were buried and also, you know, forced conversion. Don't forget. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> we're all yeah. visible now. But um, so I, I do think though, she definitely modernized a lot of these concepts and um, people 
have found a way to ground them and apply to everyday life because everyday life are moments. These are, you know, they're moments of being spiritual. They're moments of utilizing your beliefs and applying them every day, right? We have to embody what we believe, um, not just practice spirituality when it's convenient for us. Right. No, I, I actually agree with that a hundred percent. Cause I mean, this is something that I, I like to, I more so recently because actually since this whole year started and I know my, my, I think in my first or second podcast, I mentioned something about like how the energy has just been insane off the walls. Right. So, um, I ended up, um, like everything's been changing, the energy shifting. And so I'm having to like, just shift myself. And, and even when I recently moved into my new place, it was so hard. There was something with the energy here and I just couldn't shake it. It was to the core. And so I ended up, you know, kind of having to force myself to do certain things. And one of the things I actually started to do was clear myself a lot because I felt like something that's, you know, going on out there. I don't know what it is fully, but the energy is, is definitely going somewhere. And so I, I've been clearing a lot too and cutting cords and I do it as part of my daily practice now, just because I, I have to, you know, and, mm-hmm. um, and you know, my life's been going fairly, fairly well. And so, you know, I don't, I don't have too much drama. You know, I have this new little puppy that somehow landed on my lap. It's like, once I think things are starting to just be chill, it's like, boom, let's shift the energy for you. So yeah, definitely. It's like something that you got to have as part of daily practices. So yeah. For sure. Definitely instill that because it is it is hard out there, especially, you know, especially for like people, I think, you know, for like me, for example, my, my mother still tells me to pray and go to church. And I'm like, what do you think? What are you telling me this for? Like, I don't obviously, you know, <laughs> church isn't for me. You know, church isn't yeah. for everyone. And I'm just like respected. But of course, her because of everything that was instilled upon her by, you know, something that's not technically our ancestral lineage. She's like, you know, hardcore for it. So I don't know, but she also, I also don't really chat about this side of my life with her either because it's just going to be a horrible conversation. But anyway, that's a tangent I went on. But, you know, I think, yeah, putting, having, having this as part of our everyday lives, I think, you know, is something that is definitely needed. And, you know, it's, and, and for me, you know, again, I've, you know, I feel like I'm definitely like we were talking about unicorns in the beginning. You know, I'm, I have, um, when somebody looks at me, I'm very ambiguous. They don't always know if I'm Mexican. They don't know. They think I'm Filipino. They could think. I, you know, I've even gotten Indian, I've gotten uh, Japanese and, and white before and all sorts of different things. And it depends also too, like, you know, times in my lives, I may have been out in the sun more, I was in good shape, <laughs> stuff like that. So, so like my, you know, people, I'm very ambiguous and, you know, and as, and especially with the way I talk, I don't necessarily have like your stereotypical Hispanic accent. So mm-hmm. um, a lot of people are always like confused, mostly it's Filipino, which I'm like, whatever, but um you know, it's, and so, so adding that on top of me being super Americanized, you know, and then also like, I don't really follow my, my Christian background or excuse me, my Catholic background. Um, and I'm more of like this spiritual, spiritual person, but it's also like, I don't just follow one. I'm like, whatever works for me is what I do. I, I like to do stuff with crystals. I do energy work. I will sometimes, you know, talk to the archangels. I will sometimes talk to Pele. I will sometimes talk to, I used to talk to Ganesh uh, all the time. So it's like, I'm in, I'm bringing all of these cultures into my practices. And, you know, for me, it's great. It works out. You know, I feel like whoever wants to work with me or whatever I feel drawn to is how it is for me as a person of color. Cause you know, I, the, the types of um, spiritual practice I grew up with, I don't resonate with, you know, and right. that, I, and right. That's, that's my unicornness. So, you know, that's, I think, 
I think, um, you know, as I was kind of speaking about earlier, when you go to your local metaphysical store and you kind of peruse like the books and the cards or whatever, again, you know, 90, I would say now it's about 90% of um, the literature um, that you find, again, is not going to be from a person of color. It's still kind of like that. And the question is why? What is the real, you know, what what is happening? But also, also I should say, you know, I I don't think that um, this community has, you know, a monopoly on God. So I need to preface that as well. But I do wonder what, you know, and and you you and I have discussed like why is there less, just less diversity um, when it comes to being, I guess, in the quote unquote new age slash new thought. community and it it, it kind of goes back to what you were saying like it has this bad um reputation you know and it, it also has centered you know like I said earlier white voices so it, it almost seemed as if there was no room for anybody else to have their views expressed um, in a very particular way it seemed like you know the authority figures were and still are kind of predominantly white women you know, it's it's very rare today to find an authority figure who is not. And yes, I know there are the, you know, unicorns like Deepak Chopra. <laughs> right, yes. You know, like we have, um, what is his name? Michael Bernard Beckwith. Like there are these anomalies here and there, but even then, um, you know, it's predominantly, you know, white voices. And I'm not saying that in any form of discrimination. It's just a fact as is. So it's it's definitely a question to interrogate further and try to understand um, why that is. And I one reason, just me being like a black and Mexican woman, but looked on as a black woman most of the time, I think um, it's for a couple of reasons. And this is really my own viewpoint here. So don't crucify me in Aaron's um, star ratings. <laughs> 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 don't crucify him. Um, I think it is because I grew up Christian in, you know, many different black communities and um, the focus is on Jesus, is on Christianity. And you were taught generationally that this is the true way. This is, you know, Jesus is the way. That's it. Don't question. Don't question. Don't question. Get saved. Don't question. Don't question. And when you're taught that for generations, you're indoctrinated over time. And so is your lineage. Right. So going against that is really difficult. Going against any indoctrinated belief is, is going to be challenging no matter where. But when that is the dominant belief, even across the freaking planet, there's a lot of fear in trying something different and thinking there's an alternative path here. And so most people that I know within my family or you know friends or people that I grew up with um, they, you know, there's, they are indoctrinated into this belief system that anything outside of the Bible is evil. Anything outside of that is wrong. It's not of God. And I wonder why that is. And, and, you know, why, why do, don't we feel brave enough to question? And that's what I feel like should be the center point of the new age community is having the courage to question. Yeah. Question. I mean, I feel like, I feel like they kind of do. I feel like it is because it is kind of against it. Right. And I think that as you're saying this, I kind of laugh at it because it's like Christianity is like one of the newest religions, you know? Yes, it, it is. Oh new, my God. Yeah. It, it is a recent religion. Like prior to that, every um, culture had their own like folk traditions, mm-hmm. their beliefs, 
Ghibli practices. And what's so interesting is um, what makes modern colonization different from like old school Roman colonization is that when the Romans colonized, they didn't make the people give up their gods or their belief system. They didn't do that. Their gods were subsumed under the uh, Roman gods. So it just added to their current pantheon. They didn't say, your gods are evil. We're going to strip you of them until Constantine made his edict much later. So it's, it's different, like how, you know, how we don't question today. You know, we, we just assume that Christianity is the way. This is it. You know, but again, they don't question, well, how did that come to be? What, how did we get from point A to point B? And that's right. something that I think that as humans, we owe it to ourselves to question that, but also we owe it to ourselves to know our history, to have the understanding. You know, a lot of um, people in power, they count on the fact that you're uneducated. Yes. They really do. And they thrive yeah. off of that. And they keep you disenfranchised um, economically. And they brainwash you so that they can control you, so that you don't question, so that you follow along just like all of the other robots and maintain the status quo. Now we're sounding like now we're sounding like a conspiracy theory podcast. I know, right? <laughs> well, hey, you know what? That's that's in, in a way it's not a reality. I, I had a friend who's very much into a lot of that, and uh, and after yeah. looking at some of it, I'm like, the the more time that goes, the more I'm like, I'm, some of that doesn't seem so far from the truth because you're right. Like just think back to like you know years and and hundreds of years ago when somebody like I think this is more like you know in in, in uh, the UK, but like if somebody disagreed they were shunned, you know, everybody had to follow mm -hmm. whatever the king wanted, you know, and, and if you didn't, you were killed or crucified or whatever you call it. And so it's, so that makes total sense. Like all of us, we, you know, we all want to be liked and, and not hated, but you know, anyone who's different, I mean, and these days it's less, less like that, but, you know, thinking just 50 years ago, a hundred years ago, anyone who is outside of the norm, everybody looked at them like they're an outsider or they were weird or they, you know, Oh, don't talk to that person or they were bullied and picked on. So it's like, that's yeah that makes total sense that like as as human you know unless you're super strong to just like stand your own ground and, and just stick to your to your path most likely they're either gonna you know be kicked out or they're just gonna go with the rest of the flock exactly so. exactly and but I do think um as you and I have spoken and as I've spoken with many other people as well about you know things are changing now we're in a yes. time of crucial change on this planet where all the darkness is coming to light, whether it's happening, you know, um, through economic, um, economically, you know, economic justice, through environmental justice, educational justice, like all of these things are boom, 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 being highlighted on the planet. It almost seems like there's this, this karmic reckoning right now. And I feel like we're here for it. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're definitely here to bring these, you know, dark things to light so that the world can shift into a new consciousness. But in order for us to do that, we have to question the status quo. We have to do that. And that is a spiritual practice. Mm -hmm. It's not outside of that. It's kind of our jobs as humans. And because we're all one, we're all connected to one another, even though it doesn't look like it here. It's our responsibility to help one another. We can't close our eyes and put on, you know, little mermaid fins and, and swim around in the water. We, we have to take the fins off <laughs> and help each other. <laughs> but 
Um, I think we have definitely gone on some sort of crazy tangent. I'm very sorry about that. No, but, that's fine. Um, that's fine. But I, I do, you know, I do, I do think it is because of the, of the la- due to the lack of questioning and the fear of being an outsider. I think that's why sometimes we don't see as much diversity in this community as we would hope for. Um, yeah, and I think there's other agendas as well. But I, I do think that 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 is a huge reason why. So when we see each other, it's like, oh my God, there's another unicorn. Oh my goodness, what's your upbringing? How did you get from point A to point B? You know, we're so curious right. about people's stories just because not all of us, but the majority of us, you know, grew up with a very specific belief system. Like Jesus is the only way. This is it. Do not go against it. You're going to burn in hell. So it's yeah. like, how did you get outside of that? That actually, so no, that's a great question because I just, as you're saying that I'm remembering too, because I, uh, I actually, so like for, for a moment, I was like totally atheist. I was like, there's nothing out there. I didn't believe this is more like towards the end of high school and maybe early, you know, college or whatever. And I was just like, nope, there's nothing, there's nothing. And so it was actually me reading Doreen Virtue's book um, because, and, and, and let me just kind of preface that with just the way that like religion was instilled on me. I was just like, no, I don't agree with it. I don't like it. There's a lot of hate involved in it. It's like, you know, it's this way and this way. And that's the only way. And I, like you said, I don't, I don't believe in that. I don't agree with that because you know, it's this. I noticed there's a lot of negativity and hate associated to it. Like people are like, "Oh no, this person's they're they're you know they're not Catholic, they're Christian." Oh, I don't know about them. Or they're this type of Christian. I don't know. Or Buddhist. Yeah, that's not right. You know. So it's it was to me it was it's just fucking ridiculous. Like fucking ridiculous that type of belief. So, um, and so anyway, so then I remember I actually read um, a book by Sylvia Brown, and that kind of opened my head up. Uh, to there's something out there again, you know, because it was always kind of there, but I was like, no, I don't believe in God. I don't believe in this. And so it, you know, over years, I read, you know, books and stuff here and there that kind of opened me up a little bit. And I remember I started listening to the psychic teachers and I learned so much from them. And it kind of just, it, it took me a full year to work up the courage to go to a metaphysical bookstore because I actually was kind of frightened to go to it because mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, I go in there and, you know, and I definitely believed in psychics by that point. I definitely believed in, in a lot of things. And I remember walking, like driving over there and my hands were getting sweaty because I was super nervous. And I'm just like, well, what's going to happen? This and that. And I ended up going in there and, you know, um, someone ends up greeting me and um, she was like the local fairy lover of the bookstore. So you know who that is. And so I ended up saying like, oh, hello. And she was like, oh, we're having free reading today. Do you want one? And I was like, oh, I'm just checking it out, but I'll let you know. And I kind of looked around and I was just like, oh, okay, cool. It wasn't too busy that day. So I ended up getting a reading and I was just kind of like, oh, okay. So this isn't so bad. And then, you know, a month later I come back, but it was just, it's just funny to me that it took me a full year to full, to finally go. Cause I already knew about it. I looked it up, but I was just so scared because mm-hmm. it was just like, you know, instilled into me growing up and, and, you know, and even in the media and the way movies portrayed is that supernatural things are bad. You know, anything yes. that's outside of this religion is bad. It's negative stuff. It's demons. It's going to, you know, do bad things to you or whatever, yes. you know? And so you know, and the Blair, Blair Witch Project, I think, you know, I remember that, like, Oof, that, yes. that at the end, I think they had witchcraft or some sort of, like, star with a, a pentacle in it and stuff like that. I don't know. But things like that would kind of freak me out. And then I'm, I'm thinking, like, well, if I, if I go there, you know, maybe I'm going to bring back something negative and stuff. And 
I don't know. But like, even when I was in middle school, I played with Ouija boards. I did that all the time. I didn't have anything funny hanging, have a, uh, happen to me. I would even make them on my own, literally on a piece of paper and use the bottle cap as the, um, what is the little thing you put your fingers on? I'm forgetting the name of it. But, you know, I would, I would do that. I had no, no fear. I just couldn't use it by myself. I would try to get one of my friends and, you know, my friends were super scared, but I was like, let's do it. Let's do it. But, you know, so, but anyway, yeah, I was, I feel like I was pretty much in a way it felt like, yeah, I was a little bit brainwashed, but it, I mean, in, in a way it's, you know, that's just unfortunately the way that my, my parents were raised and stuff. So it's a whole different, it was a whole different concept. Now I'm a totally different person. Like if I could go and talk to my little 15 year old self and I'll be like, do this, 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 and that, like I, my life would be so different, but you know, it's, yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like, I feel like, you know, if somebody wants to practice their religion, that's totally fine you know, but like, just let everybody else follow what their own path is. Because, you know, when you're trying to force something onto somebody, like, at least for me, if you try to push me, I'm either going to move to the side, or I'm going to push back so much harder, and it's going to hurt you, you know, so like, I'm just like, don't, don't come, don't come at me and try to force something on me, no matter what it is, not even really just anything, you're going to force me on it, it's going to be an instant no, you know, but so, And, and I think you're right. I mean, just going back to what you kind of made a comment on how, um, especially in the media and in church, um, there has been an effort to, you know, make the supernatural something scary, unnatural, right? Like outside of the norm, like it's demonic, it's dark, it's it's not a God, but you know what? We are all supernatural. <laughs> right. We all have like a, a supernatural light within all of us, like um, we're all created from the one creator and, um, we're all connected and it's more natural. The supernatural is more natural than this world because this world is just a hologram. Like it's not even real, right? We probably have our, our head, our brains in a vat right now. And this is (laughs) the matrix. (laughs) This is an experience we're having here, a simulation, right? Mm -hmm. But it is, you know, the super, what we would, classify as a supernatural is probably more natural but we were taught at such a young age most of us that that is wrong that is dark you know don't open that door because if you open that door you know you can never go back and all these um very dark scary stories that we've been told from childhood I think it contributes it definitely has made its mark on the minds of many but I think it has contributed to why there really is um, not a lot of diversity in, um, yeah, in this community. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I totally agree with that. Like, and it's funny because I'm like, I wish I was recording my face because half the time you're saying stuff, I'm like, uh-huh, uh-huh, and I'm going my eyes. But, <laughs> you know, it's, oh. it's so true. Like, it, it's, it's, you know, and, and granted, you know, movies and stuff help, but and those movies were really good, though. I mean, I will say, not knocking the movies because a good scary movie is a good scary movie, but, like, I think, I, I wish there would just be more movies and stuff on, actually no I scratched that there are good things they're more you know I know they have like you know all these vampire text movies I right now watching legacies you know so it's like they do say you know it's good and, and it is shifting so that's that's the positive thing is that you know that the opinions of it are, is shifting and I feel like I feel like through these you know um these fiction fictional shows and, and movies that they have you know like even harry potter like i was thinking about it and i'm like subtly these are shifting people's you know beliefs these are subtly yes. you know shifting people's mindsets on you know on the concept of magic on the concept of you know even meditation doing spells lighting a candle incense whatever because even incense sometimes like, i remember watching um my favorite show buffy <laughs> and there's a part um in uh what is it season six where willow goes off her rocker 
and Willow is the witch, the, the, the group Wiccan, and she's super powerful and she starts becoming addicted. And so, you know, when they're, they're literally doing her cleanse, it's literally like an AA thing. They're taking all, all the, all the, her drugs, quote, quote, which is the magic stuff. So any crystals, candles, whatever. And so at one point I remember there is um, the little sister Dawn, um, she was uh, going to light some incense and then Buffy's like, nope, we got to get rid of that too. And she's like, but it's just incense. And she's like, but it's, it's magic to Willow, you know? So it's like something mm -hmm. as simple as that in, and I just think that's, that's, you know, super interesting how just like, just the little incense, you know, can be something that's magic because, you know, incense clears, clears the space, you know, you can, you know, with your intention, if you light incense to have an intention, that's, that's doing a spell. Just, you know, you just close your eyes, do a little prayer and you just did some magic. You did, you did something that's intentional. So anything you do intentional is, you know, some sort of metaphysical practice, spiritual practice, however you want to name it, you're doing something with an intention. Exactly. I think the difference is that, let's say, um, with Catholicism, you have all the, you know, they use incense, right? And they pray for the dead and um, they do all of these different practices. But the thing is that, and I, I can't find the right word, but it has been normalized and accepted as correct. Like it's been normalized, therefore we don't question it. But right. everything else has been, you know, demonized. So what, you know, like you said, lighting a candle with an intention is demonized, but yet lighting a candle in a Catholic church and praying for someone is normalized, right? So you have these two competing perspectives there. Um, one where, one that has been normalized across the world and others that have been actively, um, what's demonized. I can't find a better word for that. They've been act actively, you know, as I've said probably seven times on the show, you know, there was like an agenda behind this, you know, a controlling yeah. agenda, like a narrative that they wanted to push. So, but you're right. I think people are waking up and seeing, oh, well, there really aren't too many differences. And also a lot of our Christian practices are based off of breaking traditions, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> as yeah. well. So we've, we've been convinced, but how many of us are willing to question what we've been told and also kind of redefine things as well? Yeah. From historical perspective and modern perspective as well but i think that that is very crucial when it comes to um having more diverse voices and allowing more diverse perspectives to kind of um not kind of but to be a part of the new age as we continue to grow and shift our consciousness as well like we need to be more inclusive because i feel like it has been kind of exclusive as i said before with a very specific narrative but if we you know engage other communities and hear their voices and welcome them as well, which should always be that. That's what I believe, mm -hmm. you know, it stands okay. for. Then it'll be more holistic. Then I think people will feel safer, you know, to be a part of um, this community because I do think initially, Aaron, and I think we've been talking for a long time, so sorry, but I'll make yeah, it. No. Um, we're, we're getting towards there, but I'll, I'll go ahead. We have a few minutes. I think that um, as we kind of spoke about earlier, that this community was so focused on being disconnected from what's happening in the real world. And it was all love and light, you know, live, laugh, love, light, you know, this and that, but they weren't willing to engage people who, you know, with boots on the ground who were out there trying to make sure that women, you know, had maintained control over the reproductive rights or that your water that comes out of your faucet isn't poisoned or that having, you know, children, you know, having their lunches paid for to make sure they had food for the day. They didn't see that as being a spiritual action. It was so disconnected. 
So I do think that, you know, there was an issue there and that there's still, to me, there is an issue in spiritual, what is, what is the word? Spiritualizing? Is that a word? Um, yeah, we can make it up issues. here. <laughs> we, we, we trademark. Um, there you go. Yes, I think that that is also, you know, one of the issues of why there's a lack of diversity, because uh, a lack of diverses, diverse voices, because I think that for a long time, it was so focused on, oh, you know, here, take this crystal, put it in your pocket, love and light, as opposed to like, you know, what does the work look like? How can we get there? How can we support each other and work alongside spirit? Mm-hmm. How can spirit work through us? to solve some of these issues that we're going through. And yes, still have a joyful life and still help and enlighten minds. But at the same time, we're here to shift things forward and, and to shift things forward. We have to break some things down first. 100%. I I love that because I, yeah, I think like it, how how do I always say, and I don't know if this is the phrase I coined, but I know I say this to people all the time. I said, it's going to get way worse before it actually gets better. And that's, unfortunately, that's what we need right now. And it's, I'm, I'm nervous to see, you know, what, what actually is going to happen in the coming years, because I kind of have an idea, but, you know, hopefully we end up doing what we need to do now. So that way it doesn't come out to that. And so, you know, just like you said, I think we definitely need to kind of, you know, become more unified and, Uh, and kind of go out there and do what you got to do like but I mean like so because I know you're you're so much more active involved actively involved in like you know those types of things than than I am so like what would you suggest so like for me for example we'll point it out I you know I work from home I don't go out very often you know I now have a new little fur child to take care of so like what types of things can people do you know and, and yeah maybe some of it might be like donate when you can but if someone doesn't have the funds like what types of things would you suggest if you have any suggestions Oh, that's a very challenging question. So number one, I think it's very important for us to understand what our point of intervention is on this planet. And that goes back to questions about why am I here? What is my soul's purpose? Something that we revisit all the time. But there is a point of intervention that you're supposed to make. Um, everybody, even though it's they may be through small acts, they still contribute to the whole. So I think it's important for everyone to kind of sit down and ask, you know, how can I help? How can I best serve? I think that in this community, um, it's it, those questions aren't the dominant questions. And I think they need to be because we're all here to help lift each other up, not to a point where we're so depleted and you know we can't help ourselves, but there's always a way to help someone. There's always an ability to volunteer. There's always an ability to give 50 cents. I mean, yeah. you know, people covet, people have this idea that if I give, I lack. If I, you know, if I, if I'm helping someone else, well, what am I getting? You know, it always, it's very narcissistic. It always comes back to the self as opposed to how can I help? So I think we need to kind of go back and reshift our consciousness in terms of, again, how can I be of service? How can I help? And knowing that, okay, if I do give this man a dollar and I may only have $5 in my account, but if I do give this man, you know, a dollar, I know that I'm going to be graced when I need the assistance. It's that knowing and living that knowing as well, but we must contribute to the healing of the whole. That's why we're here. And also it is through little acts, really, Aaron, of kindness, through acts of forgiveness. Those are, I think, some of the most powerful acts that we have here on the planet. And I feel like they've been undermined that, you know, being loving towards someone who is struggling, someone who treated you like complete garbage, dismissed you, disrespected you, and forgiving them. Mm-hmm. And knowing that I see past all of that, and those were just cries for help, 
and I'm giving you my light and I'm forgiving what has happened and I love you and we can move forward. Those things shift people. We shift people through our kindness and forgiveness one act at a time and that one person at a time. And that's what shifts consciousness forward as we demonstrate and embody we empower others when they see it can be done, when they see the strength in that and the love and the kindness that they feel from receiving that, that moves the needle. So I think um, I'm definitely going esoteric here, but <laughs> I, I think, <laughs> let me get off the pulpit, everybody. But, <laughs> but seriously, I think at the start, I ask God, ask the all. What is my point of intervention? If you don't have the money, you still go back and you ask your higher self, how can I help? And you might be surprised. You might be surprised in terms of what you hear. And don't tell me right now that I talk to God and God's not going to respond. You are God. There's always a response available. There's always something if you are willing to listen. We all can help each other. You can find me at Intuitive Awakening. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, go. You, you, uh, you know, definitely go listen to our podcast. I think that's that. That's actually, I think, the, the perfect segue to to our end because I know we're, we're about the hour mark or maybe a little yes. over. But um, yeah, no, everyone, you know, definitely check out Deanna's um, podcast at Intuitive Awakening. Uh, you can also, and actually, I will have her um, website up as well. You can get her details in my description, which you probably saw before listening, but. Um, you know, you could also check out her book, Awakening the Psychic Self. Uh, I think it'll be a, a pretty good um, read for you. And yeah, that's it. So uh, I definitely will have Deanna on probably a lot um, in the future because we tend to, this is actually so folks, this is our normal conversation. Like the stuff we just yes. talked about, we have gone for three hours at a time just talking about, you know, this type of thing, anything that's spiritual, we get into all this deep stuff. So, um, you know, maybe, maybe we'll have her on for some of that some channeling. I don't know. We'll see. I'm going to try to put her out there, but um, so yeah, I will, I will let everybody go, but thank you very much. I hope today's conversation was, was pretty helpful and at least eye-opening. And if you have any comments on that, feel free to reach out and um, you can also reach out to, to Deanna and check out her podcast. So thanks everyone. Thank you. Thanks, thanks for being on here, Deanna. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to intuitive WTF podcast. I hope today's episode brought about a new perspective or at least made you question a current one. If you enjoyed this show, subscribe to this podcast now and don't forget to rate and review. If you have any questions or would like to add your perspective to today's topic, feel free to reach out. Otherwise, join us next time for another round of laughs. I look forward to bringing you many more WTF moments, but until then, this is Aaron Hart asking you to stay in curiosity, be in the moment, and always ask yourself, what the fuck? <laughs>